0: Hey everyone, my name
1: is Kyle, and this is a man and his podcast, which is just me, Kyle. Um, So I was giving this some thought and looking for an outlet to share some thoughts and some ideas, kind of uninterrupted and not really looking for feedback directly. So I thought, uh, you know, I would do it this way. So I will give you a little bit of background, but not a lot because uh, I don't want to be talking here for hours. Hours about uh, all my life and uh, where I've been, but um, just where I caught into this podcast stuff. um, I host a podcast with my friend Mark uh, called the Pro Wrestling Outsider Show. Uh, We talk about wrestling, um, where this one will be different. This will be just me and my thoughts. Um, I am, I will not say that I'm new to the podcast world in terms of listening to podcasts, but um, I do have probably a dozen at most that uh, I will listen to. And so I take my ideas from here or there from the different uh, podcasts. And so um, one of the things I wanted to do was simply kind of look at um, what do I like about the podcasts? And one of the things I liked about um, Highway to Helms, which is a um, podcast done by wrestler Shane Helms, who uh, some people, if you're listening to this and know about wrestling will know him as the hurricane. uh, He doesn't really have any agenda. I think he has you know, things he wants to come across, but really it's kind of how things are going lately and you know, he wants to talk about it and um, he might bring up a story here or there. He segues quite a bit, uh, but I can appreciate that. Uh, there's some kind of honesty to it and some realism behind it. So I figured that kind of is the direction I'd like to go with this uh, and then take a little bit from uh, Mr. Rosenbaum uh, inside of you podcast, which is kind of a little bit about, uh, I don't know, therapy, self-help. Uh, whatever you want to call it. So I'm sure that at some point in time, I will ramble on about various topics or I will him and ha as I'm thinking of something to say, but in the end, I'm kind of looking at a 30 minute mark as to where I would like to have my podcast that long, just so that I can kind of keep on one train of thought, hopefully. Uh, and, uh, and then go from there. So, uh, today I, thought that I would kind of cover um a project that I'm working on um give you a little backstory and then uh and where I'm at right now and and hopefully uh as these episodes go on I will have more updates and um and such but definitely won't be you know every week here's an update because uh, I don't really work that fast so um board games that's the project I'm working on um as it currently stands, man, I found I just I am a lot, but I guess I can't help it. Now that I've acknowledged it, I will try and stop it. So, you know, obviously, growing up, we played board games and it was very traditional in the sense: roll the die, move the piece, take the action. Um, in 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 the last several years, I've kind of. It's on that kind of. I have expanded that uh, my reach when it comes to board games, in uh, and even in general. I think it's pretty fascinating over the last probably 30 or 40 years um, where board games have gone and how, how new I am in the grand scheme of things. So, a friend of mine, Jeff, he caught me into a game called Catan. I'm sure a lot of people know it. It was my first kind of real look at board games as a, a thought process and strategy, uh, combining, you know, the visual of moving pieces around a board with the actions and the interaction with others and things like that. So we went through a phase of playing Catan three or four nights a week and people wanting to kind of get in and, and play this game and and. I think that was really kind of everyone's entry point into what we would consider the new way of playing games. And so from there, you know, things have grown and shrunk and board games have kind of always stuck around. And so I have a collection here that I've amassed over a little while, um, but not necessarily to the grand scale that some other people have. Um, And so I went through a period of time though, you know, dealing with some personal stuff that I just didn't really wanna be around anybody, so I kind of just kept myself. Um but I have kind of have a new life, uh not a new life, a new outlook on life. And uh and my my enjoyment of board games, I won't call it a love. because uh, 'cause I'm definitely get frustrated really easily with board games. Uh some of them that is. So um but my, my enjoyment of board games has kind of grown again uh, as a result of my girlfriend, Bobby. So it was nice to be with somebody that wants to play board games, is interested in board games, is willing to try new ones and f- figure out which ones we like and, and things like that. So that really invigorated my uh, love for board games. So we've gone to the loft a couple of times and have an opportunity to play games that wouldn't normally get to play and one thing I catch myself doing is just wanting to buy games. Doesn't matter. Never played them before. They look cool. I want to buy it. It's how I pretty much have done everything in my life. Um, so I have, you know, amassed at one point in time, I had over ninety PlayStation Two games, with some of them never always in the wrapping. And I told myself when I get, you know, PlayStation Three, I'm not going to do the same thing. Well, that didn't last long, and PlayStation Four is the same way. And so the board games I've had to really, really um, try and tone it down. And I think I've lucked out that Bobby's got a good head on her shoulders and uh, is able to keep me in check from uh, running off into uh, the abyss of all the possible board games you could buy that you may never play. So that being said, I think also it helps out. There, There's a lot more tools out there, reviews and board game geek and things of that nature to really get a sense of these board games and are they really worth it. Um, but we went to the, you know, we go to the loft too and it's an opportunity to play things before you buy them. And, and this is I'm getting there, but this is where this new kind of project I'm working on is, is that uh, we were there with friends of ours, Gary and Melissa, and we were, she had seen this game called Lifeboats. So we thought we would give it a try and we played it and we really enjoyed it. Actually, it was weird. It was a sense of, um, not a sense, but there was kind of a back and forth in terms of, Going out on your own, but being to kind of negotiate with others and turning on others and things like that. So we all seemed to really enjoy it. But looking at it, there was no lifeboats to be found. The game wasn't in print anymore. No one seemed to have it. And if they did, it was, you know, over a hundred dollars, which for a game like that just isn't worth it. And so I kind of had gotten the data in my head. Um, you know, Melissa really loved the game, and so I thought, you know, I'd really we kind of talked about it briefly when we were when we were there about, you know, making their own version and and gary working at printing company you know would definitely have an advantage of printing off things and so i kind of got the idea that night that maybe i could do it maybe i could recreate this game it shouldn't be that hard it uh shouldn't be hard to find pieces and things like that i obviously have had zero well i guess not obvious to you since you don't know me but um it's obvious to me that um I have no idea what I'm doing. So how hard can it be? Uh, And and talking with Bobby and Bobby was all in. um, And I appreciated her passion to really get this done and and really driving the effort to get it done. Um, I didn't really have kind of a deadline or a timeline. It was just, this would be a neat idea and let's just go for it. And so I started looking up pieces and where to buy them and, And things like that, but the the biggest problem was finding the boats. And the boats needed to be in a a way that you could put six meeples, figures, pawns, whatever you want to call them, in the boats. And so that became a bit of a challenge, so we were brainstorming different ideas. But as this process grew and grew, um, we finally got the ball rolling, really rolling. And with the help of my dad, uh, we were able to build the boats. And one of the things I wanted to do, um, I thought, well, if I'm going to recreate this game, And we enjoy it so much. Let's find an opportunity to extend it. So the game plays six players. You get seven boats. There's a whole bunch of stuff about the rules about why you have an extra boat. But we thought, well, what if we could extend it by two people? You never know. Sometimes it's nice to be able to have the extra space um, just in a party setting if that's what you want to do. So that kind of got into my interest in... You know magnifying it we had talked before with 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 the group of, of friends that play board games about um being able to stretch out some of the other games that we found were just challenging because there just wasn't enough people allowed to play the game um that that sometimes the games didn't get played because we had too many people so we talked about how could you extend Catan out and people had done other conversations and done the math and figured out all how to do Catan for i think nine people or something crazy like that so Anyways, we've always kind of thought that that thought process has always been in my mind. So in this case, I decided, um, let's do this. And, and I mean, I figured out the math and, you know, we have no idea if it works with eight people, but we felt like the math was solid enough that it wouldn't be disastrous. So we finally got through this process and built out the game and realized man like building games is really expensive so you know we we probably got a little over our heads starting it but in the end we were able to get it done boxing day gary melissa came over and we made it a special called Deshneti division uh edition because we wanted it personal to them so all of the uh one of the things that i noticed when we were playing the game was that some of the like all the cards the the pirates or sailors or whatever you want to call them look the same just the color around the card was different and so two of the colors were a little hard to differentiate I think it's red and orange so I you know I thought to myself okay well if we're gonna do this gonna make them really separate really unique so that when you're looking at the cards in your hand there's no denying which color is which so we came up with this idea of personalizing to the point where each character has an a, a head of their friend so or their face so we found um, you know eight of their friends and I Put myself as the ninth. Bobby he was also one of the eight friends, and um, made it really personal. We put them as the as the captains, as a you know, the all powerful captains. And so we built this out, and we gave it to them, and they really appreciated the effort. And they played with some of their friends who loved it as well. So I feel like it was all that work was worthwhile. Kind of where I'm getting with this, though, is it was an opportunity to kind of creep into the board game design and board game making and and thought, you know, I'd always had grander ideas of being able to make my own video games or my own mobile stuff, and I don't know any of that stuff. It definitely is I'm not a computer programmer, I'm not a game developer or anything like that, but board games has a little bit more of a in my wheelhouse um, in terms of understanding mechanics and being able to actually produce a physical uh, version. So one of the things that Bobby and I have been playing is is deck builders. Um, so <laughs> I first introduced her to a game called Robo Rally, which is both a deck builder and a what they call programming game. So you build your deck through purchasing various special cards and then you draw a certain number and then you play them out, but you play them out in a way that everyone plays their first card and there's a chance that before you get to play your second card, your robot is no longer in the spot you thought I was going to be in. So it botches like everything else. So there's the challenge and there's the planning in case. But the deck building is what I really enjoyed. And so I got into a game called Clank. Uh, and lucky enough to have get Clank for my birthday. or Sorry, rather for Christmas. And was able to introduce Clank to Bobby. And she enjoyed it. So I kind of started getting to this like deck builder kind of I don't know if enjoyment or or phase or or whatever you want to call it, but um, I was looking at, okay, well, what other tech builders are out there? And we were looking at, you know, I have an app that tracks all your board games, but it has all the board games out there. So you can kind of create lists of ones you want to try and this, that, and the other. And I found it just a little easier to go through than um, Board Game Geek, but it is partnered with Board Game Geek. So you get some of that information as well. I digress. Um, That being said, so kind of came across some deck builders and uh what was the other one uh El Dorado uh I knew nothing about it I don't even know if I even knew it was a deck builder um but all the Mayan stuff and and things that the old Spanish um Mexican Central American kind of culture and history has always been interesting to me so I saw this El Dorado and so we Bobby you know made the smart idea to, instead of buying games new, is to check out the used game market. And there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of games uh, available, used. Because ideally, you know, as long as you take care of them, they don't go bad and they don't, um, you know, there's not a technology there where you're you're, you're no longer able to play it. So she came across Eldorado and we gave it a try. And it's another deck builder. Um, But the one thing it offers that Clank doesn't is that every game is a different game. Because the boards are double-sided and they're pieces. And so you build out the path that you want to play. Um, And so you're using the cards to move along. So realistically speaking, every card is worth um, the ability to to transport yourself from space to space. Depending on the card you have. If you have a... Machete, you can land on a machete space. If you have a paddle, you can land on a paddle space. If you have a coin, you can land on a coin space. And so that's aspect. Whereas Clank, you have certain cards that are worth the ability to to move around the board. Um, But the board is fixed. It's the same board every time. There's two sides, but more or less it's the same board. So I've always liked the idea of being able to create your own board. And change it up and try new things. And we've done that with Catan where we kind of almost made a discovery. So you flip over the, you shuffle up the the, the tiles and you flip them upside down and you just lay them out. And then as you move, you discover. So we went ahead and we actually, um, she found the expansion for Eldorado. One of the two, we're missing one, Uh, but it offered again, more different pieces and different things to do. And so it really created this opportunity to really have every single time you play different. And the strategy isn't so much there in terms of trying new things. But it is in terms of understanding, you have the randomization of your cards to help you understand which way you can go and how you can get to where you need to be. So, that being said it really got me thinking that man I'd love to I'd love to to create a game I think everyone in some way or another loves to create things and have people appreciate what you've created so I started this process of figuring out how do I do this and so I kind of wanted to take Clank and mash it up with eldorado so I wanted the card types and the card movement of clank with the randomization or customization of the board of Eldorado, um, and mix it in with you know a couple of other ideas from other games not necessarily full-on mechanics it was going to be a deck builder um, i just had to figure out how was i going to get there but i also wanted a bit of the randomization so bobby and i started talking and we started thinking through what the process was and so this is 17 and a half minutes in where I actually wanted to get to, which is the process and what I'm doing and and how far I'm at with it. Um, So one of the challenging parts is focusing my attention. It's always been an issue um, in both extremes. So either I have a really hard time focusing my attention on one thing or another, or I am solely focused on one thing and nothing else around me matters and That you know that isn't it's you need to find a balance. So I was jumping around, thought to thought. Okay, so I know I want to do these two things. So I started thinking about how do I what you know what kind of cards do I want, and then what's the board going to look like, and and then I kind of kept jumping from idea to idea, and then it dawned on me that I probably should figure out what the end game is and work my way backwards. Um, So where I'm at right now is a couple of different ideas in terms of what's the purpose of the game. At the same time, the one thing I have thought out, and I really want to, I've figured out, fleshed it out all the way, but is the board is to be randomized or it's different every time. And so Bobby and I were thinking about ways to do this. Do we do like Tolkien, which has a rotating board? But then I was like, as much as I love that idea, I am not capable of building that outside of a paper model because that's the other thing too is i can i gotta respect my limitations and so i've so i said okay let's not do that but as i was one of the things i've started doing is watching videos on youtube of people do all sorts of presentations on board game design from publishers to designers to whatever else is involved in the in the board game world and so i'm just i'm learning and reviewers and things like that about the do's and the don'ts and I mean I spent over an hour watching a a YouTube video simply on how to write instructions which I thought was interesting because I never really gave it that much thought you write the instructions and I see instructions all the time and I know some instructions suck and some instructions are pretty good (laughs) excuse me and it's not like I'm gonna be you know creating an online version that I can just have them spew it out so in through those process and that's something else I now have to consider is, but that's, you know, not, I would think that the instructions would be once you're done, but it's all part of the same thing. It's it's not a linear step to do this, to create a board game or create anything really isn't a linear step because often you end up jumping yourself back and forth all the time. So I was also looking at some other, um, ideas, what to do, where do I go from this and watching other videos. And one of these other gentlemen, he was going to record his process and he's been a mobile game developer. And, and so his thing was, I have to stick with set criteria, no matter what decisions are, has come back to these main criteria. And I don't really remember what they were. Um, and so, you know, all these, you get on this wormhole of YouTube videos and I came across, and I'd seen this before. It was Will Wheaton's um, tabletop show. And so they were, I was just poking around and seeing the different games they were playing. One of them was Betrayal on Haunted Hill or House on Haunted Hill or whatever it is. And so, I was looking at, you know, that video a little bit. And I watched the mechanics of how they create the board. And I thought, that that is it. And in fact, Bobby had kind of suggested it before, but I wasn't really sure. Um, but was, as you move, you create the board as you go. And so... It creates a, a bit of strategy and a bit of randomization. And strategy is I also want to be able to modify the board as you go to benefit yourself and, and put other people's behind behind you know as you depending on the cards you have. So that being said, that's kind of where I've decided. It's not gonna be a fixed board like Clank, and I don't think it's gonna be fixed set number of pieces to build a board like Eldorado. I think I'm gonna do this card thing and so now I'm have to figure out okay well how do I end this because that's really gonna determine where the rest of it is is this gonna be like clank where your your job is to go and find treasure and make it back out alive or is it like Eldorado where it's just get from point A to point B and so in the thought process behind if I'm gonna do this board in which the cards display as you go that really The end and the beginning have to be the same spot. spot. So that's kind of where I'm at with that piece is I think I have to get back to the same beginning. I don't know what the point is yet. um, And I just realized that I've been talking for 22 minutes somehow. And uh, apparently, according to Anchor, I have 30 minutes on a web browser. It's an hour if I use my phone, but uh, try to keep the 30 minutes so we will. Uh, I guess I'll, we. will I'm so used to being with Mark, so it's just me. Um, so anyways, this is where I'm at right now. I don't know the theme. I don't know the end goal. I just know that the physical end goal needs to be back where it starts. And so I'm really interested in this process. I've actually been really enjoying watching the videos and learning about how other people do this. And it's got me thinking about kind of this whole process. And it's, I think it's just a good break from reality for me in order to just focus my mind from time to time on this one project that has no timeline. If it never gets done, it never gets done, but I am enjoying the process and I do enjoy working with Bobby on on building this out. And then, uh, you know, my hope is I'm not hoping to even make this available for everybody else. It's just something for me to do and feel like I've sense of accomplishment as uh, lately there hasn't been a whole lot of sense of accomplishment. So, I think that's it I don't really remember where if this was my intention to be at this point in 24 minutes but uh, like I've said at the beginning this is kind of how I want it to be it's a bit of self-reflection and a bit of you know self-therapy and uh, an opportunity to talk and I'm hoping that at some point in time you know if there is uh, anybody out there listening that um, can spark a conversation about really anything so I have a, a logo up. It's just the one that comes with the dashboard uh, for Anchor, but I will be changing that because it's something that I enjoy farting around with. Uh, the music is just whatever Anchor came with transitions. Again, I'll be farting around with that at some other time just to uh, to create something that's uh, you know unique to me and for me. And um, like I said, uh, the next episode may or may not talk about uh this my important game project it might be something else i uh, kind of just want to leave it open to whatever i want to get off my chest when i'm ready to get it off my chest so that being said we are 25 minutes in i uh, appreciate anybody out there who is listening um to me ramble and uh talk to myself and uh i will leave it here and at the end of the night uh and uh hopefully there'll be somebody there to listen uh, next time Once again, this is Kyle, and it is obviously a man in his podcast. And uh, until next time, I bid you adieu.